Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists that it is completely possible to have a great career in the arts. And if you ever want to tune in and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just check out the schedule over at facebook.com groups slash artist academy every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time six-figure art business. With weekly trainings that include step-by-step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features UK-based wildlife artist and animal rights advocate, Sophie green. I felt like I was talking to a girlfriend in this interview. (laughs) Sophie just keeps it real. She says it like it is, but in the nicest possible way. She's full of advice, and this fun fact was a first for me. (laughs) Did you know that Sophie gets a lot of her commission requests from Twitter? Yep, Twitter. (laughs) I've never had an artist say that on an interview, but I'm intrigued. (laughs) It's always Instagram or art shows or any other traditional route, but never Twitter. We talk about ways to get more work and where to focus your time as a self-employed artist. She shares about how it took her around three years to transition from full-time teacher to full-time artist. She found a method that worked for her and now she's seeing the benefits of it and she's sharing it with you. She mentions also to leave your ego at the door, especially when first starting out as an artist in the very beginning. And I think that will hit home to anyone in the very beginning of this art journey who is not getting immediate sales and is beating themselves up over it. It's okay. It's okay to take a few years to get to a goal. And it's okay to not have people banging at your door right out of the gate in the very beginning for your art. Even with this podcast, if you go listen to the very first couple episodes, I had no idea what I was doing. And now a year later, I feel like I'm just now getting it figured out. And we've just now began to grow. But having a goal in mind and a direction to head towards is something that has helped me and Sophie be, quote, successful, (laughs) and she shares how she went about it in this interview. I'm telling you guys, this is a pretty good one. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Sophie Green. 
if you could just kind of start out by giving a little bit of a backstory about who you are, how you got into the art world and all of the things. I can. So my name is Sophie Green and I'm an animal artist. Um, and yeah, I've probably like every other person you've ever interviewed, I've done art my whole life. And I've painted and drawn and done stuff like that since I was a child. But being a full-time professional, professional and in inverted commas, artist is kind of a new thing for me. And so I'm still getting my head around it. Um, I used to sort of draw animals a lot when I was a kid. And I've always been obsessed with animals. I've had a real affinity with them. And then when I grew up, I just kind of got a normal job. And I didn't think much about becoming a full-time artist just because um, it didn't really seem like it was in the realm of possibility for me personally. I just didn't know any full-time professional artists myself. And so I didn't think that was really a thing you could do. Um, and I went into working in the film industry and then became a full-time uh, teacher after that, a uh, primary school teacher in England, but it's elementary school for you guys. Um, and I did that for a few years and I still kind of painted and draw, uh, drew and um, did like the odd commission here and there and stuff. But as life took over and work sort of got busier and busier, I just had less time for that. So I started to daydream a little bit about what it would be like to be a professional artist and to um yeah I get to do that for a living and make a difference and raise awareness for issues around animal welfare and conservation and stuff like that so I eventually kind of went for it and here I am now still learning but yeah that's loving awesome it. so you went into the film industry what did you do in the film industry yeah I did um standing in and doubling work for actresses so <laughs> basically there's films out there, there's shots of actresses, but it's actually me. That's the only way I can really describe what? it. I don't know. That's so cool. If, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if anyone watching this kind of knows anything about that sort of area, but it's basically um, the film crew will either use me to set up a shot on an actress and then the actress will step in and that's a stand-in or they'll actually film on me or sometimes I'll be doing offline um off lines they call them off camera with an actor so it'll be an actor saying the lines to the other actress but it would actually be me replying and stuff like that so it's really it's different <laughs> it's a yeah. different world oh my gosh. and it's really fun but I bet. yeah I never even really even thought about that too like how they, they would use one mm. person to set up so that other one could get it ready I guess I know it's amazing <laughs> so. and yeah I just kind of fell into that actually I did it I started doing it when I was quite young I was probably like 18 when I started doing it and I did it for a few, a number of years. Um, and I think it's it's a great job to have, but I don't think it's really a career. And there's probably people that do do it for a career that are going to hate me right now for saying it. But it's, yeah, it's a difficult one to get into if you want to do it for the rest of your life. So for me, it was fun while it lasted. But then I sort of got pushed into doing like a proper job. Um and yeah ended up teaching which I love as well and I still do work with children just because I love them and love helping children and stuff so I still do that from time to time but um yeah it's, I've done a lot of different things those two are the main ones but I've done so many different jobs over the years I love that it's so unique so are there movies out there with like the back of your head in them or? yeah <laughs> it's really weird and there's some films where for the most part people don't know it's me but there'll be a one or two where someone's like I thought I saw you, but I don't know. You were like bald, so I wasn't sure. 
I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> awesome. So what do you think the tipping point was for you that really took you into full-time artist? Well, I would say there probably wasn't one specific moment where I was just like, I'm going to quit my job and become an artist. And, you know, who cares about bills? <laughs> I just kind of, um, over the course of maybe a couple of years, gradually started reducing my hours at work. And I went down to part-time and then became uh, a tutor within schools instead of a full-time primary school teacher. So then I would tutor children individually or in small groups and started doing that. And then the more time I had for my art, the more that kind of took off. And eventually when I had enough artwork coming in, I kind of gradually made the move, but it certainly wasn't something that I just jumped into. I sort of gave myself a proper business model and wrote out goals and made sure that I would have enough money coming in and all sorts like that. So I feel like, I mean, I hear stories about artists that are like, yeah, I just decided to go for it. And, you know, they, it worked out great for them. And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. But yeah, for me, that's that wasn't the case. And I feel like it would be a slight disservice to say that it's easy and, um, you know, just go for it. I think you just, you do need to prepare for it and be quite brave to do that sort of thing. For sure. And I think this is a great topic to start on too, because a lot of artists and even in the artist academy and out I hear a lot a lot are teachers and I I almost ah. took the teacher route because like you I love teaching really? and oh. so I and I think teaching too is like what we're told that artists can do whether it's like you you could be an art teacher or you know a commercial artist in some way maybe but teacher is like the main thing that's what I thought that, yeah that was the only route I thought I could do and so a lot of art teachers now even are like kind of transitioning out of that and doing their own thing how long if you could put like a number of years or months on it were you like were you always thinking you would be a full-time artist or like did you you know like how maybe was like a transition over a year or honestly it was probably about three years I would say that I had it in my head before that I I always loved doing it but I never had the idea in my head to actually be an artist so I would say it was only when I was sort of working and didn't have enough time to do art that I started to realize actually I should be I should be doing this for a living and actually quite a few of my friends in the space of those three years were like why are you not doing this for a living like you should be doing this and um yeah so eventually I decided to make the leap but it was probably a good three years I would say um I mean it doesn't have to be that long if some if someone's listening and they're doing a job that they don't want to do anymore and they want to do it then you know if you can put the plans in place then go for it but for me it was it was probably that long I'd say yeah yeah awesome mm. okay uh, so what makes up your typical work day now like how many hours do you spend painting uh well it differs greatly and I don't know if you're the same but I my schedule is kind of all over the place but um I would say I wake up and the first thing I do is uh, to check my emails and I'm really bad for that I go straight on my laptop or my phone I'm doing emails and admin and contacting printers and sorting out sales and social media as well which is a huge part of it that I never thought I would be saying as an artist but that takes up a lot of time and a lot of energy and I do that and then I probably don't start painting and doing actual artwork until about lunchtime-ish I'd say I paint for a few hours and then I go for a walk or 
get my head out of that space for a little while and then come back to it and probably paint until about between 9 and 10 p.m (laughs) and I do that seven days a week so um yeah it's kind of quite bitty for me but at the same time um I needed to create a sort of schedule for myself where I could maintain that um drive and focus and motivation and I find that so difficult being self-employed and having to manage your own schedule I find it difficult to sit down with a paintbrush and paint for hours and hours at a time so I have to kind of break it up with other stuff and do stuff like that but yeah that's my current schedule I'm see just, how long that lasts yes I'm just like you when I have to do stuff at home if I have to go do a mural and I have to be there at a certain time yeah. I'm like okay like then it gets the day going but starting off on my own too it's like I'll do emails in bed just like you yeah even yes, and I tell exactly people, like, don't follow my <laughs> thing I'll like I'll make like an Instagram <laughs> post in the morning so it's like out of the way it's all like from my bed yeah <laughs> me too that's exactly what I do it's not as glamorous as it looks yeah, exactly let's let's talk about your Instagram really quick though because that is I found your Instagram not too long ago but I I love your posts your photographs are so well done and so do you take them with your iPhone or do you take them with a good camera like do you edit Mm. what's your yeah I take them with a camera and I'm actually really lucky because my friend lent me all this camera equipment it's this fancy expensive camera equipment that I probably would never be able to buy for myself um and he was just like, you know, I have all this stuff. And I, I think he bought it for himself because he was planning on making like a YouTube channel or something a long time ago and never got around to doing it. So he was like, yeah, just use it for as long as you want. And I was using it for a while. And then the lockdown started. And then I was like, oh, what a shame. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give it back to you. <laughs> you know, it's social distancing. Yeah. So um, I've got it and I use all of that. But yeah, it's I use a Canon um slr to take all my photos and uh, softbox lights and stuff like that um and then i edit myself in lightroom um and because i actually take the photos for my prints as well i kind of have to i feel like i have to have quite a good quality photo anyway for that purpose so it kind of makes sense to use um the same sort of materials and uh, instruments for my um Sorry, someone just texted me. The, the friend that lent me all the camera stuff just texted me. Oh, weird <laughs> like, brainwaves. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's what started that off. But I do follow quite a lot of people on Instagram. They're amazing artists. You being one of them, actually. Oh, I, I think I followed you since I started my art Instagram page. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just I love like, looking at people's pages and seeing how they take their photos and stuff. So I have a lot of inspiration from that and um yeah I just love doing it I love curating all the photos and stuff like that I, I can tell important. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank it, you. it is important and everybody should yeah. go check out your Instagram it's oh, Sophie uh, Sophie Green Fine Art is that okay? it is indeed yep. okay awesome I, got it. I just wanted to make sure but yeah Sophie Green yeah. Fine Art check it out because your your aesthetic is all just really great too it's like has a good balance of lights and darks Thank and you. yeah I just think people Thank should you. take advantage of that and take notice well I mean I feel like my page is quite monochrome compared to a lot of people's page like your page for example is very bright and colorful <laughs> yeah and I feel and actually people have said to me in the past and someone said to me once at an art show oh you must really only appeal to men and I was like why and they're like oh because all your artwork's like black and white or like mm. you know dark and light it's not 
colourful and bright and that's what girls like. I was like, oh, I've never really thought about that. Way the but, stereotype person. Yeah, I was like, okay, oh, thanks for that. <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes I feel a bit paranoid about that. Oh, um, no, I wouldn't at all. That's not at but, all. Yeah. What I, actually, the, I get from, from your page, the, the emotion that I get is sophistication. And oh, amazing. Yeah, it honestly is because with, and you know, I kind of have this like, it's funny how we all have our little things in the back of our head because you know, like bright pinks and rainbows and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. am I seen as a kid? Because this is kind of a kid thing, but I'm like, whatever, I like it, I don't care. So I, that's kind of in the back of my head. I'm like, this is very yeah. childlike for a 30-year-old. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I don't think that at all. I think happy. I think it's oh, more good. like positive and upbeat rather than like a, a certain age or gender. I just feel like that's yeah. kind of dumb, but yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> but that's okay. good to know, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so uh, can you talk us through your painting process? Are there any methods or techniques that you've picked up? You do very realistic mm. paintings. How long does it take you to do a painting? I know that's a lot of questions um, in one. Well, it takes a while, mm-hmm. um, but then I do procrastinate a lot. So <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Honesty, maybe that's I why. <laughs> um, I think yeah, it's been a it's been a learning process, and I'm self taught as well. So uh, I didn't go to art school or art college or anything like that. Um, so everything that I've learned, I've learned either through practicing over a number of years or just through watching tutorials and YouTube videos and stuff like that. Um, so for me, because I go more towards the realism um, style, I feel like I have to work a lot on layering um, to get detail as well. So, so, I mean, you know, all artwork's made up of layers anyway, but when you're doing more realistic paintings, you feel like you have to do more layers and layer upon layer because that's what animals or humans or whatever you're painting that's what they're made up of essentially so um yeah. it takes a lot of patience and I'm still learning and I in, in all of my areas of my art I'm still learning but um yeah the my process is more building up building up layers and creating that depth um just through uh it's hard to explain without going into too much detail and talking your ear off but um if you go on my um, Instagram and you look at my pictures on my uh, time-lapse videos, you'll see the layers that I build up of the paint is very much of, I go from vague to detail and the more and more detail you add. And I think when you first start off painting, if you want to go for that realistic style, you get a little bit impatient and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to just do painting in three days and that's it. And if it doesn't look realistic, I just, I'm going to hate myself forever but I think it comes with a lot of patience and just realizing you have to just keep building up those layers just keep going and keep going and keep going um and the more layers you build up of all the details and the depth and um everything then you'll eventually get there but yeah I probably haven't done a very good job of explaining that but no it's essentially what my style is layers is a really good um, piece of advice too because a lot of beginner artists they they'll put down a color and that, that they see you know they're like well mm. I see like a light blue right there and they'll put down light blue and they're like why isn't it working yeah. and I'm just like layer yeah. layer it. exactly <laughs> yes and I think a lot of people don't realize that when you're painting or doing creating any piece of artwork the process isn't just getting a canvas or a piece of paper and starting it for me it starts from an idea that I have in my head and I'm like okay well for example if I'm going to do a rhino um, I then have to research the rhino. There's different types of rhino. There's different breeds, so to speak. And then from there, I, I look at reference photos. And I personally prefer to use quite a few different reference photos. 
so some artists will just find a reference photo and just copy it but I like to look at lots of different pictures of the animal uh, in different lighting in different um, environments and then use all of those photos to create an idea and a concept in my head and then from there I then think okay so this is what the rhino looks like but what's it actually made up of so underneath all of the these colors that you can see with your eye when you first look at it what comes underneath there and what's the where does the shadow come in and where's the light coming from and the light source and stuff like that so that's really what you have to do when you're layering as well you have to think back to what you can just behind what you can just see with your bare eyes if that makes sense yeah yes definitely very garbled (laughs) no it's great it's a it's a good um like overarching explanation of it without going into like showing every little hair detail you know that's not possible but okay I like how you use all these different reference photos and so I can like hear people's questions in my mind of my students and stuff and so they're asking like where do you get your reference photos oh that's a great question actually I should have said that before um so And the reason why I say that is because that's something I did a lot of research into because I didn't want to get into hot water, like finding a photo and being like, that's cool, I'm going to use that. And then someone, you know, because photographers are artists as well and they put so much time and energy into their work. And I would hate to be a photographer and for someone to like use one of my um, photos without asking or anything. So if you do find a photo that you love and you want to use it and as a reference photo and copy it you have to ask the permission of the photographer and obviously (laughs) they may charge you for that and that's great um some photographers are amazing they're like just give me 25 pounds or dollars or whatever and that's fine and some ask for a percentage of um what your what you would sell the artwork for and if you be specific and say i'm going to sell it or it's going to go into an exhibition or it's for charity or something like that then you can come to a some kind of arrangement but there are photos out there that are um sort of in the creative commons so you don't have to get the permission of the artist or you might just have to credit them or something like that um but yeah because a lot of the photos that i use i just happen to see while i'm scrolling through instagram or you know online or something um, I just save them as I go along and make a note of who the photographer is. And then when it comes to it, I then contact them and see if I can use it in some way. But yeah, that's how that works. So that's a good question. Oh, good. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that too. Just ask permission because there are mm. so many times, even artists, like how would like how would you feel? That's kind of how I, I approach it too. Like how would you yeah. feel if you created this like original, really cool thing and then somebody just copied it and without telling you? And yeah, I know. It's like, eh. it's, it's awkward territory. And I think the more, because of my artwork, I've been getting into photography myself as well. So it's kind of a thing I'm learning about in some ways too so you realize how much time and energy goes into all of you know the artwork and stuff like that and it's the same with music and yeah I think it's important that we should all support each other because the photographers deserve credit too they're doing amazing jobs true and we're all in the arts so we're all in this together basically yeah (laughs) so what is one thing you don't like to paint without um well in terms of um artistic materials I would say I mean if you're just starting out painting I wouldn't say rush out and go and buy you know all the most expensive stuff but if you're a professional I would say I personally can't work without high quality brushes and the right type of paint 
um, because for years I would just use whatever was cheapest in the store and just buy brushes. And I didn't even look at what they were made up of, of whether they were synthetic or what, and I would just use them. And then it wasn't until I really did my research and I discovered what was the best thing to use that I realized how much easier it makes your life. And so I would say I can't live without or work without uh, good brushes and good paint. And in terms of non-artistic materials, I cannot work without some form of noise in the background, um, like music or podcasts or documentary, something it has to be. I can't work in silence. It's really difficult. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really jealous of any artist that can work in silence. Some people have, have answered that question. They're like, I could just sit and paint all day with nothing. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, how? Just, I'm like, you, are, no. you must be so zen in your just head. Like alone with your thoughts? That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yes, no, that's no exactly I'd go I insane. It's like, no, <laughs> couldn't do that. Yeah, I yeah, listen to a lot of podcasts at the moment and because I, I struggle because I don't have a TV as well. So I can't put something on the TV while I paint because I use my laptop to look at like reference photos and stuff. So um, I just listen to music or podcasts or have some some kind of noise in the background. Yes. But yeah, that's that's for me. Awesome. Yes. And I love that you mentioned high quality paints too. With a lot of my mm. students too, I'm like, just go get, get whatever you want. Cause you can kind of get, you can kind of get away with that in the beginning, yeah. you know, yeah. and <clears throat> you can create good stuff, but to create mm. photorealistic like you do, it's, mm. you need high quality paint <laughs> and bless Definitely. your patience. I just want to say that. <laughs> bless your patience. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, for years I was painting like fine hairs with really thick gloopy cheap paint and um well it wasn't until fairly recently in my career that I realized like oh there's de there's better paints for that that make my life so much easier and I was trying to use like big thick brushes to create these tiny little like pieces of fur um and then yeah you learn it's all a learning curve yeah for <laughs> sure so are there any art lessons you've learned the hard way so like kind of like using the wrong kind of supplies that would be one of them, definitely. Yep, using the wrong sorts of materials. Um, you know, we learn. And then also just little things like how to preserve brushes. It's just something that people don't really think much about um, when they first start out, but then they realise they're going through so many brushes and spending so much money on materials and they just need to learn how to look after their stuff a little bit better. That's something that I went through. Um, stuff like looking after the painting as well like once it's finished I think a lot of people finish a painting and then they just kind of send it off without you know varnishing it and packaging it correctly um sometimes it's just worth spending a little bit more money on you know going with a, an art courier for example rather than just sending it in the post that sort of thing's really important um I would say as well when you become a or you when you're trying to become a professional artist I would say just to leave any expectation or like sense of entitlement at the door because I feel like a lot of people and me included was just like why aren't I selling all my artwork and why aren't I a really successful um, artist right now and I think you just need to like park that and just really um, take time to refine your skill and build up clients and that, do that sort of thing because you can really hurt your self-esteem if you have some kind of expectation when you go into it. And I think that's something I've learned the hard way, I guess. 
Yeah, for sure. And I see that a lot mm -hmm. with students who are just starting out too. Like they are, they had just created their website. They had just started calling themselves yeah. an artist and they're like, why am I not making money? I'm like, it's because you just started. But like, yeah. I promise you a year from now is going to be in a, such a better place. And they're like, oh, exactly. okay. Because <laughs> it is. It's totally. That, yeah. It's that like that realistic moment of you because you know when you when you apply for a job and you get a job you work and you you're working 40 hours and you're making you know so much yeah. of, like it so this yeah. is just a whole so other world yes <laughs> it really is I suppose it's the same with any kind of self-employment thing though I mean you know artists musicians like everybody struggles when they first start out and I can't remember who it was but somebody posted a while ago um, saying that they get and it was an artist who has quite a lot of Instagram followers and she said a lot of people were kind of almost annoyed at me for having so many Instagram followers and they're like why haven't I got that many and then she said something like oh have you looked at how many photos I've posted can you people look at the follow account but they don't look at how many posts they've got she was like I've got a thousand posts like if you've only posted 100 pictures you you know it takes time you have to build it all up so yeah I feel like that's something that you learn with time but so true. I love that. Yeah. yeah, there's so much more behind the scenes that we don't even know. Definitely. So how do you get most of your clients? Is it through Instagram or? Uh, actually, no. Weirdly, I would say my main social media was is Twitter. Oh, <laughs> weirdly. Weirdly. that is a first. <laughs> wow. That's, Tell me yeah. more. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going on over there, but it's really kicking off for me. Um, I don't, I don't really even have that many followers compared to my Instagram page, but, um, and I wouldn't have thought Twitter was a great platform for selling art because it's more, it, well, it's less visual. Whereas Instagram obviously is more of a visual platform, but, um, yeah, I just weirdly have found that a lot of my clients have come from Twitter. Um, and I do get clients through Instagram, but uh a lot i would have to say a lot of it is word word of mouth to be fair um and just when you first start out it's all of your friends and family are the ones shouting about it that's they're your main people and they're your main fans um and so i have you know some really good friends that bought a lot of my artwork and then they've shared it with their friends and they've said oh this person wants a commission and that and it spiraled from there and then from there people were shouting about it on their social media pages and that's how i was gaining more followers and more clientele and stuff like that so at the moment it's really hard to tell what's social media and what's word of mouth because they kind of link in together in some way mm -hmm. they kind of go together and yeah that's it's a difficult one but uh, that's, that's very true mainly. yeah th this past mm. year I sat down and I did every single project I had and then I put next to it how I got it and then some I was like well like they spotted my Facebook post but like I kind of know them in person and they also yeah. saw my Instagram post that I know for sure and like so it's like it yeah all, and it all kind of works together too because I kind of think of like like your family and your friends and you sound like you have a very good core family and friends that are shouting and yeah, encouraging you so. to do this yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And it's just like it's just they tell people about it and then you like I feel like social media is reminding people like people already know you but social media is just reminding them yeah. every day hey I'm an artist <laughs> and just like yeah catch them on the day that maybe they might need something or maybe they want to buy something definitely I mean that is very organized of you by the way <laughs> yeah. writing down where you have got every piece of work from took like I an hour I had, oh, <laughs> yeah. no I wish I had the time, the time to do that once would, a year only <laughs> yeah that's a really good business thing to do though to be fair but mm -hmm. um yeah no I feel like social media is a funny one because 
almost I don't want to say everyone and then get shouted at but almost everyone has at least one form of social media nowadays and it's how most people keep in contact with each other nowadays as well so actually if I I say yeah I've, I've gotten most of my work through social media but then I wouldn't have got it if I hadn't have known this person already in person that had then shared it or retweeted it or done this or that um and one of my friends again going back to having a good network of friends one of my friends is um a a children's author and so he just has a lot of his friends that are sort of like illustrators or writers or in that sort of artistic sphere and so when he shares my work I then get a lot of people coming from all those sorts of areas and that's so it's technically social media but then it's not because it's through a friend of mine so yeah it's it's very interlinked but social media I would say use it and yeah do as much of that as you can yeah for sure I love that you said that too because I'm always like social media post every day post just once yeah. a day like <laughs> do, do all the definitely because you never know yeah. and like when I did that so every year I, I write out like where I get my stuff but every year it kind of changes like one year it was Instagram mm-hmm. that was my main one and then last year it was mostly word of mouth and now this year mm-hmm. is more I don't know social media maybe I don't know so it kind of like yeah and so like, I can find that out but I still don't like discredit like if I don't get a lot from Facebook one year I'm not I'm not going to post on Facebook you know I'm still going to post on Facebook and so exactly yeah I think that's wise and you probably do what I do when I in the morning when I'm in bed on my phone (laughs) and I make a post on Instagram and I might write copy that to Twitter and do that on Facebook maybe a Reddit post you know (laughs) and just go through every social media and it feels a little bit I get self-conscious of people being like, oh my God, will you shut up about your artwork? Because I just <laughs> I do not stop. And even on my, because per- I have a personal Instagram page and even on there, I'm still putting everything on my story. And a lot of my friends follow my personal page and my art page. So then they're getting it twice and then going on Facebook and seeing it and then Twitter. <laughs> it's like, she, oh, you know, people must just get so irritated by it but again like you said it's just reminding people like I'm still an artist and I'm still you know I still need to eat and pay my rent so (laughs) exactly and just it's funny because we all think that and I I, you saying that I'm like no you're crazy like keep posting and then I'm like oh wait I literally just asked my friend not two weeks ago I was like because so my Instagram links to my Facebook so it posts there but it posts posts to my Instagram business or my Facebook business page and then I'll use my personal Facebook page to share it so it goes on my personal (laughs) and I text my friend the other like I'd say like two weeks ago maybe and I was like hey Mm -hmm. Does this annoy you? Because because I'm like because you're seeing it twice, and do yeah. you notice? Do you care? And they're like, no. And they're like, actually, you know, I probably do see it twice, but it has never really registered. And they're like, sometimes I'll like one, and sometimes I'll like both, but I don't care. Yeah. Like it's better than you know some political post that's in my newsfeed anyway. So exactly. I'm like, okay, just make it sure. Okay, I'll go back to posting. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. And, you know, people, some people probably will care about that sort of thing, but the, the ones that count don't. Exactly. <laughs> and if 1%, down. yeah, if 1% of the people that see your post like it and buy a piece of your artwork and the other 99% of them don't like it, then it's worth it still for that 1%. And, so true. Yeah. yeah. And friends are great like that. I've, I've got friends that have 
like three different Instagram accounts and they'll have like their personal, their work one or their photography page or something and they'll see my post and they'll like it on every single one of their, their pages. <laughs> so probably half of the likes on my photos are just made up of all my friends' different accounts. <laughs> like, they're true friends right there because, you know, that's what you start off with when you're self-employed. You just have the friends and family base to support you but exactly and even still now mm. my husband's grandmother he, she comments on everything <laughs> on facebook and instagram and she figured out those Aww. little like video emojis and so she puts a video emoji on there and it's just the cutest Aww, thing that's so sweet i, I love that I know, See, yeah. like, keep doing it i love it <laughs> exactly it's i would say it's worth it but yeah for people that feel self-conscious including myself i would say don't care because you know it's your livelihood and that's the only way that you're going to get your artwork out there otherwise unless you just walk the streets with like a sandwich board on being like this is my artwork so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is like a plan like plan like m or, what, or yeah. whatever it's down there but it's on the list <laughs> you're ticking off the things you've done right i've done seven instagram posts today <laughs> yeah. onto the sandwich board yeah exactly uh. yeah i even like considered at one point when i wasn't getting very much attention at first i was like okay i used to do some like bikini modeling way back in the day and i was like i am not opposed to posing next to a bikini in my I've never done it but I'm like I'm like if it, if worse comes to worse like yeah, I know I, how to get attention we've been there like one of my friends actually said to me recently he was like why don't you just do a live stream video of you painting in the bath come on just <laughs> just give them what they want just give them what they want exactly it's like well you know if I it love gets it. me all for the gram <laughs> I can see it no it'll be like bubbles and <laughs> <Yeah>. my easel <laughs> yes, exactly. <It's>, yeah <laughs> if hard times become hard like this is gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> I love it awesome okay so what are your future art plans and goals what do you have on what are you going on right now what's on the easel like what's ahead well right now I'm doing a charity piece um and I, I may have told a little lie. I'm not sure if I should admit this live on Instagram because I actually lied about it on my post. Oh, and I, I love I did this. It's just full of honesty. I love it. I know. I don't know what it is. You're bringing out the truth in me. But um, <laughs> I did a painting and I promised it to a charity because I give a certain amount of my artwork off to animal charities to auction off each year and um, totally forgot that I had oh. promised it to this charity and just sold it. And then it wasn't until a little while after it had gone that I suddenly thought, oh, no, I'm supposed to give that to that charity. And now I feel awful because I'm going to have to go to the charity and say to them, I actually just forgot and sold it. And, um, yeah, so I've been working on a piece. And I, because I felt so bad, I thought I'm going to do a piece that's like three times the size and Aww. takes me much longer. And so <laughs> I've been doing a rhino for the, for the charity. And I did tell the charity. I was honest with them. So it's okay that I lied on my Instagram about it. <laughs> but um yeah I've been working on that <laughs> the honest mistake though yeah yeah I guess so it's a good mistake to make if you're like selling stuff at least but um I um yeah so I'm working on the rhino at the moment and then once that's finished I've got a commission that I need to do but I've had on uh, my list of my to-do list for a while I've had um a series of big paintings that I have really wanted to do for a while now I'm not going to say what animal it is because, again, I haven't told anyone on my Instagram. I've been keeping everyone guessing. Ooh, okay. But it's going to be a big one. Not quite as big as my recent elephant commission that I did, but um, big-ish, bigger than anything else. 
And yeah, my plan, my goal for the future, I really want to get um, a solo exhibition done sort of in um, sort of affiliation with a charity because I give um, 10% of my profits to animal charities anyway. So I would love to be able to do um, a charity exhibition as well. But again, that's going to take some time to sort of build up the, the portfolio for that because I feel like with artists, it's really, well, for me personally, this is what I'm still learning at the moment, is that um, I find it really hard to do a piece of artwork and then keep it for an exhibition because I'm like, right, I've done it. Now I'm going to sell it immediately because I need money. Yeah. And so it takes, you know, it takes a while to be able to build up like a, a solid um, amount, amount of work to exhibit. So that's my goal for, you know, the not too distant future, hopefully. And just continue to work on my own um, technical ability. That's still something I'm trying to improve every day and still watching tutorials and learning different techniques and stuff like that. And just working on that and myself and building up more of a client base and stuff like that. Oh, all the artist things. <laughs> so do you Please. have a favorite person <laughs> or a favorite like channel to watch on YouTube or somebody that has helped you um, learn how to paint since you, since you didn't go to college for it? You're mostly self-taught. To be honest, most of what I learned in the beginning was from my brother because he oh. is an incredible artist. Oh, I didn't know that. He, wow. Yeah, he just, he doesn't do it for a living. He, I don't know, he's one of those really annoying people that's like really good at everything he tries to do. Oh, hate just him like, already. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he just pick up any, and I have my specific um, techniques that I stick with, but he'll just p be able to pick up anything. Like he can draw or he can paint or he can use charcoal. He can do airbrushing. Like it's just, you know, I feel like he could pretty much do any any kind of medium. But um, I learned a lot from him. He was my like, my my foundation of knowledge and then from there I've followed I follow so many artists on um Instagram and Twitter and watch a lot of videos um like that and to be honest I usually just go on YouTube and type in something specific that I want to learn like um how to create uh, this effect how to do a hair effect how to how to do different light source variations stuff like that so yeah just um at the moment I'm kind of trying to own in on my um color theory sort of knowledge because I know the basics and I use it but I feel like that's something that I kind of want to improve on a little bit more I gotcha uh, so Mary Evelyn she's been commenting on here she's a big fan of yours oh, great. she's in Branson oh. which isn't too far from me and she's a great amazing in, yeah she does watercolor animals she asked a question she says do you learn any techniques from Skillshare just curious she's actually I think she has a new class on Skillshare which is probably why she's asking. Oh, amazing yeah. I do you know what I have a, a class on Skillshare oh. as well but I I, should, I just put it on there because I do um I do tutorials and put them on my patreon page and but they're, they're just short ones every few weeks just for my patreons because I got asked a lot of questions um like how do you do this and how do you do that and I'm not an expert you know I'm not like the a ma I haven't reached mastery so I don't feel like I can start like making big hour-long video tutorials and stuff but because so many people were asking me similar sorts of questions I decided to set up a patreon and I just post videos and tut little tutorials and time lapses and people get um free prints and originals and stuff like that um based on whichever tier they're on so i do that and um i made a video for my one of my patreons and decided to give it a go on skillshare and then 
like kind of uploaded it and then just forgot about it <laughs> and haven't actually checked in until you just said that and I remembered. <laughs> but um, I haven't actually been on Skillshare to, to watch videos yet, but I know about it and it's definitely something I would consider doing it because I think it's great. I think it's really a great source for artists to sort of share their knowledge and earn a little bit from that as well. So definitely I would look into that. Awesome. Yeah, she said that's exactly what I wanted to know and she'll follow you for sure. Ah, oh, amazing. That's so cool. I haven't been looking at the questions on the bottom because I'm not very good at multitasking and I was afraid I would lose <laughs> Someone would ask or someone would say something like, you're so rubbish at art and I would oh, just no. like, start crying it's, or something. Oh no, it's all been pretty great actually. I've like, as oh, you're talking, I, I'll get little bits of it. Um, there was a question a while ago. Uh, somebody asked, how do you price your art? And I think that's a question that all artists kind of struggle with. Do you do it by yeah. size? Do you do it by... Mm, not well kind of yeah I, I get that asked that a lot as well actually from artists and it's something that's taken me a while to get to grips with because when I first started I wanted you know there's a temptation to price your artwork where all of the other artists are pricing theirs but the problem is is it takes you a lot longer because you're not quite there yet in terms of your skill so I was giving myself like a, I was like, I'm going to pay myself five pounds an hour, which is probably like what, $3 an hour or something. <laughs> and it's really, really difficult. So I give myself an hourly rate okay. and then I add the um, materials and the expenses to that. Um, and depending on the size postage as well, if that comes into it or, I've, you know, I mean, for example, the elephant commission that I did, the post that was going from England to America and it went with an art courier that made a special crate for it and it, it costs quite a lot of money to do that so obviously I had to discuss that with the um, client um, but yeah I would give yourself an hourly rate that you think is fair and fair by fair I mean if you've just started and you're taking a little longer than other people then it probably should be lower because you don't want to give yourself a certain amount of money per hour and then it takes you like a month to complete a piece of exactly. artwork don't, you're don't be entitled like you said yes. exactly yeah leave that at the door definitely sometimes you just gotta you know see it as a promotion uh, opportunity rather than um you know one for great profit but having said that if you are going to go for it as a career, you do need to make sure that you are making a profit because I know people that um, price their artwork so low that they're actually kind of losing money. And, you know, it does make me quite sad because people give away, you know, like these beautiful original paintings and they're charging next to nothing. Um, so <laughs> I know that's the most vague answer to that question, but okay, yeah. it really just depends how long it takes you to create your artwork, I would say. Yeah. and um the expenses as well if you're buying the correct stuff then that's definitely something you want to include as well yeah that's exactly how I do it so I'm relieved to hear yeah that. and I just saw someone one of my followers and probably your followers too because I imagine most of my followers follow you anyway <laughs> just said um it's hard to track the hours uh -huh. and it is really hard to track the hours I just I have just sort of given up because I would have to set a timer and start it and stop it every time I get up to like go and get a drink and then get distracted and end up like going for an hour long walk or something. Um, it's really, it is hard to track the hours, but you've just got to be really strict on yourself. For sure. Somebody asked the question, mm. what do you suggest for a beginner um, who would want to get into the field? Like what hourly rate? I think that's what they're asking. Well, it's, it's oh, kind what, of hard uh, to 
Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, and also it depends on wh where you're from as well, because in England, for example, people are probably on, I mean, I don't want to say what I right. was what I was on as a teacher or anything like that. But when I was working um, privately tutoring, I was charging a certain amount per hour. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to like, you know, jump from one thing to the other and then take a huge pay cut. But say, so as an example, just say you're getting $30 an hour in your job and then you would be like, okay, well, that's a good place to start. And I'm probably going to have to come down a bit from that because I don't want to be entitled. And, you know, it's going to take me a bit longer. Say so you might come down to like $20 an hour or something like that. And then you can work your way up. And, you know, one day you might be on $100 an hour or something. Yes. So, yeah, uh, go from what you, where you think. I think only you can be the judge of your own skill as well. There you go. Yeah, that, that's a really good into that as well. And I love that we we have very similar numbers in our head because in my head I was like, what, what I tell my students, I'm like, I started out at about thirty dollars an hour too, like yeah, you said, exactly. And that yeah. was after I had a little bit of practice, like you know, like actually, I, it wasn't brand brand new, thirty dollars an hour. And then I remember getting hired at a job for a bit more than that, but I remember knowing that the main artist made a hundred dollars an hour. That was like, I mean, he was he was well worth it. He was so good, and I was. Like, yeah, exactly. Goals, yeah. like that's what it's. Yeah. that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, and it's good to have goals as well, and not just to think, "Well, this is what I deserve immediately." Because mm -hmm. I remember when I first started out, someone said to me, "Oh, well, my family friend is an artist, and he's on. He charges thirty thousand pounds per commission." And I was <laughs> <Good> like, <laughs> "Wow, yeah. yeah." I was like, "Just do like a couple of those a year, and you're done." Yeah. <laughs> And I started to think like, oh, no, like, does that mean my artwork's worthless then? Because I'm charging nothing near that. And I just started out. And and yeah, you, you, you do have those feelings of like, maybe I should be charging that. But yeah, just don't don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, but do make sure that you're not throwing money down the drain as well, because, you know, it's your career at the end of the day. True. Yeah. Okay, well, we have one last question, and then I will let you off of here. <laughs> Is there any advice that you could give to artists who want to make art their full-time career but don't even know where to start? Mm, um, I would say set yourself some realistic goals, um, something that's doable, and write them down as well. That's what I personally find helps because then you can go back and actually like tick them off. And it's a sense of accomplishment as well, more than anything. Um don't be too hard on yourself as well. Um, it's really tough. It's a tough career to get into. I mean, I, I posted about this a couple of days ago, actually, about I think if you're an artist, people presume that you're like living the dream and life's really easy and it can be hard. It's really tough sometimes to be self-employed. But um, in terms of advice, I would say don't, well, it's subjective, but make sure you've got some steps in place. Don't I probably wouldn't suggest like jumping headfirst into it and just quitting your job and not really caring what happens because, you, you know, this is your lifetime goal. Um, make it a gradual thing that you set yourself up, up for. And always, any time you've got to practice, keep practicing your skill. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that you've learned everything that there is to learn. Um, I would say more I, out of business and art I would say that your technical skill and your art side of it is more important than business and I know there's probably people that will disagree but um 
I feel like you can be the best businessman in the world or businesswoman in the world, but if your artwork isn't sellable yet because it's not at a certain standard, then it's not going to sell. So that's yes. what you need to work on first and then exactly. business will come after. Like, cause it's, and also again, to, the, to that point, it's so much easier to sell a great painting than it is a good painting even. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of what totally. I think to people that if they're like so confused on what to do, I'm like, just go back to painting. Like go, yeah, paint, go totally. Paint. <laughs> just keep creating and it will come. And I, I do hear a lot of people for some reason, I've heard the quote, let your art sell or speak for itself or your art should sell itself sort of that sort of vibe and I kind of disagree with that because a lot of people like to buy into a person they like to buy into who's creating the art artwork and I'm sure like if you look at some of the greatest artists of our time or not specifically our time but any time um you know if someone saw a Picasso and they didn't know who it was by they probably wouldn't be that interested in buying it but because it's a Picasso everyone's gets all excited and it's this amazing thing so I would say share your art on social media, but also share a bit about yourself and who you are. Be modest about it. Just show them, you know, what you're doing, what you're all about. Create videos and time lapses and um, your creative process and use social media a lot to do, you know, to share your artwork. Don't be too self-conscious. Um, yeah. Just go for it. I'd Just say. go for it. Yes, I love yeah. it. I think that's all. I think you've been very real throughout this whole uh, interview as well, which I really appreciate. Oh, amazing! Thank it's you. It's just nice to talk about talk about it with someone who is just really honest with, like, hey, I accidentally forgot to do something, but hey, I'm doing really well at this. <laughs> and hey, like, <laughs> well, like, thank you. I mean, yeah. I don't, there'll, there'll probably be people that disagree with some of the stuff I said, but this is just what's worked for me, and I'm self-taught and still new to it, so. You know, I'm still learning as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And somebody just commented, you're very honest and it's so refreshing. So, yeah, we're on oh, the same page with that. You. I think it's great. Yay. <laughs> well, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on here so last Thank minute. You. Really, Thank you so much. I'm so excited that I messaged you. You, um, I had a person cancel and I, you were on my list to invite yeah. in the future. And I'm like, I want to invite her now. <laughs> so I'm <Yay>. so glad. <laughs> it was so nice. It was nice to wake up to. Um, I forgot that you were in America and it was like, you have a message at 4.40 a.m. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, someone is having a party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I realized the time difference. So it was a nice thing to wake up to. It was a nice surprise. And I'm very um, happy that you invited me on. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Well, let's chat again at some point. And yeah, that'll be you, great. Yes. I hope you enjoy your day. And this will go live exactly a week from today. And I'll send you all Amazing. the info with it. And so, yeah, thanks again. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks to everyone that tuned in and messaged and commented. I'm sorry I ignored every single one because I was too scared <laughs> <laughs> to read any of them. <laughs> no, it's great. Awesome. Well, have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time six-figure art business. With weekly trainings that include step-by-step -step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. 
I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am at art by Andrea Earhart. I will then promote your art on my story and tag you as a little thank you for helping me grow this podcast and our Artist Academy community. I have a reach of over 50,000 on Instagram. So this is a little help me to help you incentive. Also, if you ever want your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy to check out the schedule every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you next week.